section nine of the crime of sylvestre bonald by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain montalegro november thirty eighteen fifty nine we were all resting myself my guides and their mules on a road from Schiaccia to gergenti at a tavern in the miserable village of montalegro whose inhabitants consumed by the mal aurea continually shiver in the sun but nevertheless they are greeks and their gaiety triumphs over all circumstances a few gather about the tavern full of smiling curiosity one good story would have sufficed had i known how to tell it to them to make them forget all the woes of life they had all a look of intelligence and their women although tanned and faded wore their long black cloaks with much grace before me i could see old ruins whitened by the sea-wind ruins about which no grass ever grows the dismal melancholy of deserts prevails over this arid land whose cracked surface can barely nourish a few shrivelled mimosas cacti and dwarf palms twenty yards away along the course of a ravine stones were gleaming whitely like a long line of scattered bones they told me that was the bed of a stream i had been fifteen days in sicily on coming into the bay of palermo which opens between the two mighty naked masses of the pellegrino and the catalfano and extends inward along the golden conch the view inspired me with such admiration that i resolved to travel a little in this island so ennobled by historic memories and rendered so beautiful by the outlines of its hills which reveal the principles of greek art old pilgrim though i was grown hoary in the gothic occident i dared to venture upon that classic soil and securing a guide i went from palermo to trapani from trapani to silenante from silenante to schiaccia which i left this morning to go to gergenti where i am to find the manuscript of clerk alexander the beautiful things i have seen are still so vivid in my mind that i feel the task of writing them would be a useless fatigue why spoil my pleasure trip by collecting notes lovers who love truly do not write down their happiness wholly absorbed by the melancholy of the present and the poetry of the past my thoughts people with beautiful shapes and my eyes ever gratified by the pure and harmonious lines of the landscape i was resting in the tavern at montalegro sipping a glass of heavy fiery wine when i saw two persons enter the waiting-room whom after a moment's hesitation i recognized as the prince and princess Trapoff. this time i saw the princess in the light and what a light he who has known that of sicily can better comprehend the words of sophocles o holy light eye of the golden day madame Trapoff, dressed in a brown holland and wearing a broad-brimmed straw hat appeared to me a very pretty woman of about twenty-eight her eyes were luminous as a child's but her slightly plump chin indicated the age of plenitude she is i must confess it quite an attractive person she is supple and changeful her mood is like water itself and thank heaven i am no navigator i thought i discerned in her manner a sort of ill-humour which i attributed presently by reason of some observations she uttered at random to the fact that she had met no brigands upon her route such things only happen to us she exclaimed with a gesture of discouragement she called for a glass of iced water which the landlord presented to her 
with a gesture that recalled to me those scenes of funeral offerings painted upon greek vases i was in no hurry to introduce myself to a lady who had so abruptly dropped my acquaintance in the public square at naples but she perceived me in my corner and her frown notified me very plainly that our accidental meeting was disagreeable to her after she had sipped her ice-water for a few moments whether because her whim had suddenly changed or because my loneliness aroused her pity i did not know she walked directly to me good day monsieur bonnard she said how do you do what strange chance enables us to meet again in this frightful country this country is not frightful madame i replied beauty is so great and so august a quality that centuries of barbarism cannot efface it so completely that adorable vestiges of it will not always remain the majesty of the antique series still overshadows these arid valleys and that greek muse who made arethusa and menalus ring with her divine accents still sings for my ears upon the barren mountain and in the place of the dried-up spring yes madam when our globe no longer inhabited shall like the moon roll a wan corpse through space the soil which bears the ruins of selenante will still keep the seal of beauty in the midst of universal death and then then at least there will be no frivolous mouth to blaspheme the grandeur of these solitudes i knew well enough that my words were beyond the comprehension of that pretty little empty head which heard them but an old fellow like myself who has worn out his life over books does not know how to adapt his tone to circumstances besides i wished to give madame trepoff a lesson in politeness she received it with so much submission and with such an air of comprehension that i hastened to add as good-naturedly as possible as to whether the chance which has enabled me to meet you again be lucky or unlucky i cannot decide the question until i am sure that my presence be not disagreeable to you you appeared to become weary of my company very suddenly at naples the other day i can only attribute that misfortune to my naturally unpleasant manner since on that occasion i had had the honour of meeting you for the first time in my life these words seemed to cause her inexplicable joy she smiled upon me in the most gracious mischievous way and said very earnestly holding out her hand which i touched with my lips monsieur bernard do not refuse to accept a seat in my carriage you can chat with me on the way about antiquity and that will amuse me ever so much my dear exclaimed the prince you can do just as you please but you ought to remember that one is horribly cramped in that carriage of yours and i fear that you are only offering monsieur bernard the chance of getting a frightful attack of lumbago madame trepoff simply shook her head by way of explaining that such considerations had no weight with her whatever then she untied her hat the darkness of her black curls descended over her eyes and bathed them in a velvety shadow she remained a little while quite motionless and her face assumed a surprising expression of reverie but all of a sudden she darted at some oranges which the tavern-keeper had brought in a basket and began to throw them one by one into a fold of her dress these will be nice on the road she said we are going just where you are going to giganti i must tell you all about it you know that my husband is making a collection of match-boxes we bought thirteen hundred match-boxes at marseilles but we heard there was a factory of them at giganti according to what we were told it is a very small factory and its products which are very ugly never go outside the city and its suburbs so we are going to giganti just to buy match-boxes dmitri has been a collector of all sorts of things but the only kind of collection which can now interest him is a collection of match-boxes 
he has already got five thousand two hundred and fourteen different kinds some of them gave us frightful trouble to find for instance we knew that at naples boxes were once made with the portraits of mazzini and garibaldi on them and that the police had seized the plates from which the portraits were printed and put the manufacturer in jail well by dint of searching and inquiring for ever so long a while we found one of those boxes at last for sale at one hundred francs instead of two sous it was not really too dear at that price but we were denounced for buying it we were taken for conspirators all our baggage was searched they could not find the box because i had hidden it so well but they found my jewels and carried them off they have them still the incident made quite a sensation and we were going to get arrested but the king was displeased about it and he ordered them to leave us alone up to that time i used to think it was very stupid to collect match-boxes but when i found that there were risks of losing liberty and perhaps even life by doing it i began to feel a taste for it now i am an absolute fanatic on the subject we are going to sweden next summer to complete our series are we not dmitri i felt must i confess it a thorough sympathy with these intrepid collectors no doubt i would rather have found monsieur and madame trepoff engaged in collecting antique marbles or painted vases in sicily i should have liked to have found them interested in the ruins of syracuse or the poetical traditions of the eryx but at all events they were making some sort of a collection they belonged to the great confraternity and i could not possibly make fun of them without making fun of myself besides madame trepoff had spoken of her collection with such an odd mingling of irony and enthusiasm that i could not help finding the idea a very good one we were getting ready to leave the tavern when we noticed some people coming downstairs from the upper room carrying carbines under their dark cloaks to me they had the look of thorough bandits and after they were gone i told monsieur trepoff my opinion of them he answered me very quietly that he also thought they were regular bandits and the guides begged us to apply for an escort of gendarmes but madame trepoff besought us not to do anything of the kind she declared that we must not spoil her journey then turning her persuasive eyes upon me she asked do you not believe monsieur bernard that there is nothing in life worth having except sensations why certainly madame i answered but then we must take into consideration the nature of the sensations themselves those which a noble memory or a grand spectacle creates within us certainly represent what is best in human life but those merely resulting from the menace of danger seem to me sensations which one should be very careful to avoid as much as possible for example would you think it a very pleasant thing madame while travelling over the mountains at midnight to find the muzzle of a carbine suddenly pressed against your forehead oh no she replied the comic operas have made carbines absolutely ridiculous and it would be a great misfortune to any young woman to find herself in danger from an absurd weapon but it would be quite different with a knife a very cold and very bright knife blade which makes a cold shudder go right through one's heart she shuddered even as she spoke closed her eyes and threw her head back then she resumed people like you are so happy you can interest yourselves in all sorts of things she gave a sidelong look at her husband who was talking with the innkeeper then she leaned towards me and murmured very low you see dmitri and i we are both suffering from ennui we have still the match-boxes but at last one gets tired even of match-boxes besides our collection will soon be complete and then what are we going to do oh madame i exclaimed touched by the moral unhappiness of this pretty person if you only had a son then you would know what to do you would then learn the purpose of your life and your thoughts would become at once more serious and yet more cheerful 
but i have a son she replied he is a big boy he is eleven years old and he suffers from ennui like the rest of us yes my george has ennui too he is tired of everything it is very wretched she glanced again towards her husband who was superintending the harnessing of the mules on the road outside testing the condition of girths and straps then she asked me whether there had been many changes on the quai malaquais during the past ten years she declared she never visited that neighbourhood because it was too far away too far from montalegro i queried why no she replied too far from the avenue des champs-elysees where we live and she murmured over again as if talking to herself too far too far in a tone of reverie which i could not possibly account for all at once she smiled again and said to me i like you monsieur bernard i like you very very much the mules had been harnessed the young woman hastily picked up a few oranges which had rolled off her lap rose up looked at me and burst out laughing oh she exclaimed how i should like to see you grappling with the brigands you would say such extraordinary things to them please take my hat and hold my umbrella for me monsieur bonnard what a strange little mind i thought to myself as i followed her it could only have been in a moment of inexcusable thoughtlessness that nature gave a child to such a giddy little woman End of section nine